This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. sudden bang you're there wow okay uh it's patents too in uh, the blob uh, over there so <laughs> is that the new name of the show it the seems like that's the name of the show Patents doing the blob yeah <laughs> you good with that yeah you finally getting the recognition you finally. deserve <laughs> finally got your name on the show and would it matter uh, what do you mean would it matter would it matter if i was actually good or not good with that Oh, that's a good point. No. Yeah, well, if, no, if it you, would not. If you, <laughs> it, well, if he were to really like it, we'd probably stop. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. If you like loved it, we'd just mm-hmm. stop and turn to something else until we could find something that you really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And we try a new thing every day until we found that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're that. We, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we're we're that generous. We, yeah, we, we work. We hard really here. are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, apparently, um, police are racing uh, to identify as many as eleven people who apparently walked through an open and unattended checkpoint at JFK Airport. Now, when I first saw the headline of the story, I thought, well, it was just a group of people and they're tired of screening everybody. And I thought, good, let's stop this nonsense. (laughs) That's not the story, apparently. The passengers walked through uh, Terminal 5 screening area around 6 a.m. Port Authority uh, told Fox News they said they searched the terminal for these passengers around 8 after getting belated notification from the TSA, concluded that all the travelers likely boarded flights. <laughs> Oops. I mean, wouldn't you say something to some, somebody at this point? Would you? 
I think I, yeah. I yes. think I probably would. I don't think I would just walk through and get on my flight. No, I don't think so either. I think I would want to alert the people. So, hey, by the way, you have no security at this gate right now, and people are just walking through. Yeah. Although, if these are just normal Americans, you know, and obviously they were because something would have happened by now, right? So, big deal. I mean, it didn't, it didn't wind up being anything, but I would think, right. not for myself, no, right, but, but for, I would say, right. like, what if Jeffy's the next person walking through? Yeah. You know, you want security to be present. I don't know. I hate <laughs> Sorry, it. you were even trying to agree with me there, and I still did it. I apologize. No, but, I mean, seriously. Like, you I think, am like, agreeing with you. What if yeah. there's a terrorist that's coming in later? Like, I mean, I, I don't want there to be an open, like, f- you know, funnel for everyone to just kind of go through. and You go walk through so it looked like you already made it through and then say, and hey, then, by the way, I, I noticed made it through. After Nobody's I went through, at this one. After I went through appropriate security at that particular Nobody's entrance, that I noticed one. everyone left, and I'm concerned right. for other people uh, that you should check. But I mean, you, know, you wouldn't want to, you know, you'd want to say something, right? Would you just walk out and get on the flight and just hope no one noticed? See something, say something. That's my motto. That, See that, something, say no, something. No, but it's not your motto. Plus, uh, if, you, plus if, if you're one of the ones that get videotaped going through there, though, right? I mean, even if you weren't doing anything wrong, you, I mean, they're going to find you and wonder why you didn't say something. Well, yeah, they're going to go and they're going to, uh, they're going to pull you off the plane. Right. If they realize it in time, they're going to pull you freaking right off the plane and it's going to be a much bigger disaster for you. So even selfishly... Mm-hmm. I probably say something, right? I mean, I'm going to go and say, by the way. You're going like, to go with my motto, see something, say something. <laughs> it's not your motto. Oh, you're right. My motto is always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? You know, that's been my motto. <laughs> my motto. I don't even know. I know you're making a reference. I just don't know what You don't know Afternoon Delight oh, by okay. the Starland I Vocal know. Band? Of I, course you do. Everybody knows that. I know the song. If not for just from Anchorman. Yeah, right? it, but I just do don't know. There? I don't know the lyrics. Okay. I know the a- right. afternoon delight. That's about as much as I know. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? You don't know that? All right. I, I didn't know it until now. Now you do. Now I do. So the next time I reference my motto. <laughs> <laughs> so the motto was he wants to have sex in the afternoon? <laughs> I guess that's, that's his, whole, his actual well, motto. He said it's what his motto's always been. So it's not even like a newly developed no. motto in this particular situation. When he was four, he had that motto. Wait, Holy crap. Afternoon Delight is about having afternoon sex? And it's not really, right? right? Is it not? I think the answer no, to this is. is it's actually I not. I think it is. No, I think it's not. I think, I think it might what not What do you mean you be? think it's not? I, What's I about that? I hate agreeing with Stu again. Okay, this has to be investigated right now. <laughs> Shut down the TSA talk. We'll come back to that. We're going to get back to afternoon delight. But in typical yeah. Pat and Stu style, we must. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is. Must track down what uh, afternoon delight is about. Because I'm pretty sure it's about getting a, a little something going on. I mean, on that's with what everybody the, made it out to be. Right. Well, of I, course. It's, I mean, it's, it's about going home and... You know, getting it on and then going back to work or whatever. Okay, so right? uh, here's a, and this is uh, coming from uh, Wikipedia, so you know it's true. Yes. Uh, so uh, they were, so the title came from the happy hour menu at Clyde's Restaurant in Georgetown, Washington, where Bill Danoff was eating with fellow band member Margot Chapman and his then wife, Taffy Danoff was undergoing sur- uh, surgery for cervical cancer. This is Ooh. not a good start oh, no, to this story. Wow, that's not happy Danoff so far. enjoyed writing the song and downplayed w- the somewhat controversial lyrics, saying, I didn't want to write an all-out sex song. I just wanted to write something that was fun and hinted at sex. Uh, okay, so it is about sex. Frankly, it's about sex. Although, when I was a kid, I didn't... No. That didn't connect with me. Did that with you, Jeffy? Um, what a I just question. asked. If, I was surprised it was about sex minutes ago. 
I mean, there was a time in adulthood where I heard that song for the first time in a long time, and I thought, wait a minute. Yeah, wait. <laughs> what? That really does happen to me wait, now. It, it happens, happens to me all the time. And I'm like, oh, I remember this song. Holy crap. What was, yes. And you know where I noticed it more than ever? I wish I could remember. There was something just a few weeks ago where I heard it for the first time in a long time. And I thought, what the hell? Would you, what is that song about? That yeah. is a dirty song. And I, I'd never realized it. Yeah, it's funny. I actually noticed I have more of those moments about politics. Where like now I hear a song and I'm like, oh my god, that was just like about praising abortion. Like right. <laughs> you have those moments, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, I never, I never even thought yeah. about the meaning behind the song because most of them are really dumb and you just don't even think about it. But you realize now, like a lot of them had like some meaning po- politically, whatever. Like for, and I've said this before, it's like I actually respect uh, um, a musician. Um, spouting and blabbing their opinion uh, in their music a lot more than I do an actor who comes out and talks about it. Me M- too. Mainly because because that's kind of what they do. Yeah, it's like I'm looking for their, their views in the world. Often, politically related their, or whatever. And it might not be politics even, but it's like yeah, I, I'm looking view, at though. their. Per- I go to an artist who's who's writing lyrics True. for their perspective on the world in some way. So I'm not surprised no, when sense. they express it. When you when sense. you've got a person who's acting as you know. Um, a superhero, and then he comes out and blabs about how bad, uh, you know, Ted Cruz is, it's a little bit more annoying because it's like, I'm not going to you for that. When you've got a guy who wrote Sunday Bloody Sunday, those are powerful lyrics yeah. about a really important time in Irish history and a super important event and a really sad one. And so you expect him to be more, I, I don't know, current events motivated. Exactly. Maybe. Like I mean, you listen to I listen to YouTube Expect lyrics. To care about that stuff. Sometimes he's talking about things uh, that are politically motivated, and a lot of times uh-huh. I don't agree with them. But I, I know that I, I'm there to hear his perspective, right? Like partially. Right. Um, it's now, part of the way he's expressing himself, and I can still disagree with it and be fine with it. Where it's like where I'm hearing it, like you know, you can see like Will Ferrell comes out and tells me how bad George Bush is. Yeah. All right. Or uh. or a guy who is shooting somebody in the head every three minutes on film. And then tells us not to use guns. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, yes. I, I've got shut no up. patience for that. Uh, you know, uh, shut up is right. Shut up. I can't even barely make it Matt through Matt Damon, you movies. know who you are. Shut up. Liam Neeson, shut up. Yeah, shut up. Neeson's, yeah, he's oh, Liam Neeson's agonizing. Have we heard anything from, uh, from John Wick yet, uh, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves? <laughs> is he against guns, too? Like, he's got to be. He's got to be. I don't know that Keanu ever talks about that kind of stuff. I've never heard him talk I, about I, it. But I can't remember a time. It just feels like he would be one of those guys. who's go, I mean, just John Wick will pile up the bodies to like the top of the Empire State Building <laughs> with a gun. But now, then, it sounds like you liked the first one. Have you seen the second i've not seen the second all it's getting great reviews i mean that's look, amazing john wick for a movie like that was you know? they, they say you know you have kung fu they call it gun fu which is basically like him about, doing right? all sorts of crazy things to shoot people and and the body count is through this i mean it's it's unbelievable how many people die in this movie um and it's all mostly him shooting them individually <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> how the movie goes um and i liked it because you know it was like it's a similar similar tact of taken which is like it's, it's it's sort of a revenge movie, and he goes and he does all sorts of things that you know no human being could actually pull off. But he's, you know, he's you're a, happy he's he did because he's getting revenge. Yeah, and it's a fun, you know, wild, sick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing to to be fun for a human being. It's kind of just a fun view. Um, but so, but you know, like you could tell it was not a big budget movie. Like there's some cool scenes, but like some of the acting was, eh, you know, mm-hmm. not, I'm not talking Keanu. I'm talking about some of the other people in it. Um, you know, some of it seemed like they had some corners to cut budget wise. 
Apparently this one they spent a little bit more money on, um, but I never thought of it as like a critical success. Apparently the second one is getting like, when I checked it, and this is what it, when it was first coming out, it was like 90% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is not, that is not sensible for a Keanu no. Reeves gun-fu movie. But I mean, I do, I do definitely want to see it. I've heard mixed things about it, um, but I do definitely want to see it. It looks like the body count... Is uh, eleven confirmed kills, sixty definitely hit. Uh, and I'm having a hard time reading this chart. <laughs> oh, is that, is that six, one scene? at the bottom? Sixty-five confirmed kills. And that's just in John Wick, the first one. That's John Wick two. John Wick two, I believe. Because I mean, the first one was was high like that as well. And the thing is, like, it's not like he set off a bomb where sixty people died. Yeah. Each one of these people was shot individually, usually in incredibly painful and acrobatic ways, which is why you go. That's why you go to the movie. I don't know why that's okay. It's like the most horrific thing that can happen is one of these things to actually occur in real life, where you'd see all these people get shot. However, yeah. when it's on film, you're just like, eh. You know. I hey, take look. it back. Shots fired, three hundred and two. <laughs> and most and of us realized confirmed that. total kills. I was just getting a partial count, apparently in different parts of the movie. Okay, hundred and twenty-eight. Hundred and twenty-eight people. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. But, That's a big body count. To be fair. We don't need Keanu coming at us and telling us that guns are bad. No, and he doesn't. No, I, I don't. Heard and I, he I don't know that he does. I don't know that he does either, but I'm just saying. Keep this uh, in perspective, uh, though. Yes. Keep this in perspective. The best sniper of all time in the U.S. military killed 260 people. 260. And this is in, in one, one movie. movie. <laughs> so it probably takes place over a few days or weeks. Yeah, yes. 128 <laughs> people. It's I have lot. to sit through a movie <laughs> for two it's days. It's not war. Pretty intense. Uh, pretty that's intense. amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, and, and think about this from the the other perspective for a second, because we constantly are criticizing people in Hollywood for doing this. But like, if you had um, uh, a, uh, you know, if Kirk Cameron, right, here's a guy who's known for his religious activism at this point in his career. If Kirk Cameron took a role in Fifty Shades Darker, oh. I mean, of course it would be legitimate to criticize him. Sure. He wouldn't be able to say, no, well, I'm just a movie. It's a movie. I saw him having sex with 19 girls and tying them up, and I've never met them before, but that's a movie. And the left would beat the crap out of him. And the left would him. beat the crap out of him, and rightfully so. Yeah. It doesn't Now, if Kirk Cameron was in a movie in which there was subtle... Uh, you know, uh, you know, a subtle, you know, re- you know, relations to to sex or um, some sexual references. I think people would rightly say oh, that's not that big a deal. Same thing with mm-hmm. if Matt Damon was in a movie where occasionally, you know, like there was a gun that was pulled out and, and he shot one person to make to, to you know stop a, a you know an assault or something. Like, no one would say like there's anything wrong with that. But I mean, the fact that these are movies that are just glorifying the idea that you can go around shooting a bunch of people and and it's not does it. It doesn't mean that he really wants people to die by gun violence, and he really thinks this is cool. But we all know it's a, it's a fun experience. The same way we would realize that Kirk Cameron wasn't going out there to you know because he was praising orgies, right? Mm-hmm. But still, you would have a limit if it really meant something to you. You'd have a limit of what you wanted to project out there that you're involved in. Um, and the same way that people would criticize someone like that, they would criticize, it's rightful to criticize, I think, Matt Damon for doing this. No, it does not mean that Matt Damon loves guns. It doesn't mean that Matt Damon wants gun violence. It doesn't mean secretly he's this big Second Amendment guy because he does a movie. We understand there's, you know, we understand that there's a, a, 
a part of that that's fantasy. But there's also part of it that you can control. Yeah. And if every one of your freaking movies seems to be about you shooting a bunch are. of people, and they, are. they are a lot I of mean, them. I mean, if the next Jason Bourne movie, he's handing out daffodils, okay, well, then he's changed a little bit. And he <laughs> yes. maybe believes what he's saying about guns and gun violence. Because you sure don't want to glorify the thing you hate so much, right? And don't these movies do that? These movies glorify the thing that you claim to hate so much because you're using it all the time to make a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. What does he make, $20 million a movie? I mean, uh, to do that freaking crap heap he did in China, it had to yeah, be no uh, kidding. even more than that. They should have been paying him 40 for that thing. They, pro- they might have. They might have. I mean, and we were talking about the Great Wall, um, and we made this point, and I think it was on the show. I don't even remember. But it was... Uh, it made something like twenty million dollars here and two hundred and forty-eight million in China, in uh, overseas, mm. um, largely in China, because um, I guess that was the target of this movie. Um, not really even a movie made for you, and that's the world you live in right now. Um, you know, uh, be, the money is not just here anymore. I will say, China is the basketball haven of the planet, though. Right now, uh, BYU's own Jimmer for debt. Yeah. <laughs> Burning up the Chinese. That is a great story. I love that story. Burning up the Chinese league right now. <laughs> He's averaging like 40 points a game over yeah, there, he is. isn't he? Eight yeah. rebounds a game, 40 <laughs> points, five steals. The That's other night he fun. scored 73 points. Really? 73. Nice. So they're saying now maybe Jimmer gets another shot at the NBA. We'll see. But I don't know. You can't play defense. So what are you going to do? 888 back. 888 As you said, in typical Pat and Stu fashion, if you were to diagram that break, oh my gosh, you would actually, you would burn down the broadcasting school that taught you that break. Uh, so I don't know if we apologize for that or what, but uh, I don't know. Or maybe we've just created something better. <laughs> That's just a psycho- what, what, what it was the t- okay? So there was the TSA. TSA to- led to. Um, what did the TSA lead to? I, uh, oh, skyrocket in flight yes. after the light, light because that's my the motto. motto. Wait, well, how did we get to motto? Led to uh, because we wanted to say see something, oh, say, see something, something. say something. So something. TSA, to, if you see something, say something. <laughs> to to motto. my motto is afternoon delight. Was that sex or not? <laughs> Uh, right. Then to artists, or, uh, singers, it's okay for them to express their opinion, Except but not actors. actors. Right, right, then right. to Matt Damon, then to and Keanu Reeves, then a, a review, a body count of John Wick, uh, ending Into up... Into the Matt Damon movie on China, in China which made a, me think of Jimmer Fredette in China. <laughs> <laughs> Who played basketball for BYU. <laughs> we need to we need to do that uh, when we have one of these breaks, oh, which is way too common. <laughs> Uh, and but uh, fun. <laughs> we really need to just diagram them for on like and the Instagram page yeah, or something yeah, and get fun. it out there so to see what you're missing on patents to today. This chain of events train in one segment. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, well, that's crazy talk. That might have broken and a record. That right that was pretty. It impressive. really made. That was impressive. That was pretty I, I can't believe shot. we actually got back through the whole chain of events because usually I can't even remember, you know, three minutes ago what the hell I'm talking. I about. know. Uh, okay, so there you go. Uh, and that break, that one you just heard, brought to you by my Patriot Supply. And you're welcome. And they're thinking to themselves, why did wow. I just purchase that? Uh, we don't know, but we can tell you what you should purchase, which is uh, four weeks of food for $99. Why are you going to do that? Well, you have uh, issues uh, that pop up. You can't always see them coming. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't know what's going to happen around the corner. You want to prepare for what could come. And you know, the, one of the main things you're going to need in that situation uh, something bad happens, natural disaster, terrorist attack, loss of job. You're going to need some food. Why not take care of that right now? Yeah, and the thought process up until recently had always been 
if you're hungry enough, you'll eat anything. Which is why we stored things like beans and rice and wheat and barley and flour. And then so when you get to a place where you need to eat something, you got to find a way to prepare something out of those ingredients, right? This takes all of that nonsense completely out of the equation because it already comes prepared and it's delicious food. Things like pizza and you can see some of the things, that, the delicious stews, the pancakes. Yeah. I mean, the soups, the soups and the rice, the rice and, the, and the, did I mention pizza? They've got emergency food pizza. Mm. And yeah, the pancakes. Fantastic. Pudding. 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 Oh, Fettuccine man. Alfredo. Oof. Man, you know, every time I think... Every time I, I have pancakes, I think to myself, why don't I eat more pancakes? It's a good I, like, question. I just don't understand why uh, I just don't eat them every really day. really good question. They're just so delicious. Oh. They are. Um, anyway, so if you want to see, that was going to start a whole other thing. And then it would have been another 40 <laughs> it minutes. It was really close, too. And we would have ended up on somehow a Chinese basketball player, probably again. Right. Uh, 888-411-5290 is the number. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. Uh, kind of a fun moment on uh, NBC yesterday. Yeah, it's an interesting. MSNBC. It's an interesting one, and mm -hmm. uh, one that I kind of started off feeling one way about, and, and kind of turned around afterwards. It's a it's a weird moment, uh, but let's give it to you in the order that uh, that it happened. This is Katie Tour on uh, MSNBC talking uh, um, to a Republican congressman about Russia. This is what happened. He also has a number of people that were, at least in, in his administration uh, until last week, who were friendly with Russia, General Mike Flynn being one of them. Uh, his former campaign CEO was Paul Manafort, who's got ties to Russia. Um, his Secretary of State was given the uh, Medal of Friendship by Russia. So uh, you say there's a lot of conservatives who are going to push back on Russia, but I see a lot of uh, folks within Donald Trump's administration who have a, a friendlier view of Russia than maybe um, past administrations did. Well, I think it was Obama that leaned over to Putin and said, I'll have a little more flexibility to give you what you want after the re-election. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're referring to, Congressman. Remember when he leaned over at a, at a, uh, what? At a panel discussion or at a meeting and he said, I'll have more flexibility the after here. the election. No one really ever this. pushed the president on what well he meant done. by that. But I can only assume for a thug like Putin that it would embolden him. Congressman Francis Rooney, Republican of Florida, thank you so much for joining me. Okay, Happy I'm going to gonna leave it there because I have no idea what you're Thanks. talking about because I've never even heard it. I've never heard about it. I, I didn't know Obama did anything like that. I've never seen it. I've never heard it. I live in a little bubble. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just a cute little NBC journalist, and I, I got by on my looks, and that's why I have this job because I don't know anything. <laughs> and that's kind of how I took it initially. I have to that's say how that's I how it I took it initially. initially. And, and, yeah. and, and I think that that, look, She's on MSNBC. She's talking about this topic. It's an important data point. I don't think that it necessarily disproves what she said, by the way. It kind of does because I she don't says think so. it's one... more friendly than previous administrations. Right. It, but the last administration just did this right. whole thing. The last administration has one, you know, has a couple things, you know, uh, that, that you can point to. Reset button. Right. 
Um, mm. uh, and and uh, I would say the 2012 stuff was important. In fact, when he was saying, uh, well, you know, Russia mm. called and they want their, or the 80s called, they want their uh, foreign right. policy back. Right. They obviously were had a friendly relationship at times. Though I, I don't think that this, because they had a friendly relationship at times, disproves uh, that, that uh, Trump's is closer. I mean, Trump's relationship with Putin is uh, notable. Uh, even if you're a conservative, notable, even compared to Barack Obama, who wound up kind of at the end really being uh, having an adversarial relationship with them. Um, but but whether you think that's true or not is not the point. The point is, I'm sure, as she would, I think, admit that she probably should have known mm-hmm. about that incident. But what I kind of like afterwards is the way she handled it, which there's so few of these moments these days that I really like when they happen, which is she went on uh, uh, on Twitter afterwards and said, um, she, she talked about that she wasn't, she's not been a political reporter. Um, and she right. said, uh, to be fair, I didn't touch politics in 2012. I almost exclusively covered fires and shootings in the New York City area. But I like this part of it. I'd rather be honest about what I know and I don't know in the moment. I got off air, did the research, and then talked about it at 5 p.m. on, I guess, is that Meet the Press Daily, MTPD? Good for her. Uh, that's Good great. Her. That's a great way to handle it. Uh, yeah. That's a great way to handle it. Again, ideally. She, she knows, just admitted she knows it. it. She but, fessed up and said, yeah, yeah I looked what, into it. It's true. But what did she do? She said, I didn't know. Yeah. She admitted that, which is hard for a reporter to do. She said, I mm-hmm. did the research, which is what we would complain about reporters not doing. Like, hey, go out there and figure it out. If you got something wrong, go out and figure it out. She did that. And then she actually went back on TV and talked about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, while obviously I think she would say that she wished she knew about it in the moment, if she didn't, she was honest about it. She rectified the situation. And I think that that's, that's a positive thing, you know? I mean, I, there's so few moments where people, because I would say my typical impression of an MSNBC reporter in this situation would come up with some bizarre justification about how it's totally different, say Obama was great, and that the new, guy, uh, new guy's terrible, and I was right, and I knew what you were talking about. Of course I knew what you were talking about. Instead, she actually she shows some humility and yeah. says, gosh, I, w- I didn't know about that, and I looked it up. Man, I, I wish I knew. I, that's and a good I've moment. seen her in a couple of these clips. I, I, I don't know who. Katie tour at all, but Mm -hmm. I've just seen a couple of these clips and I I don't want to do to her what everybody does to Glenn. Yeah. And so, but she's looked silly in a couple of these clips and she's had a few of these moments, but uh, this makes up for a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Like, I like her better now. Not everybody's (laughs) perfect. Not everybody knows everything. If you make a mistake, you know, it's one thing if you make a mistake and then you're belligerent about your mistake. You know, it's another thing if mm-hmm. you make a mistake and you mm-hmm. rectify the situation and you, you know, I, I think that's okay. And it's okay that she's concerned about Trump's relationship with Putin. Yeah, so that's am okay I. Too. Yeah, so, so am I. I. So am I. I don't know why all Republicans aren't, but somehow they're not, apparently. And anymore. even the congressman there, I think, in his uh, mm. criticism of this, you know, uh, of of saying essentially previous administrations were better on Russia, he may, brings up the Putin thing, which was an important moment mm-hmm. with Medvedev uh, in that conference. Uh, but I think he he also calls him a brutal tyrant or whatever. He's a thug. Yeah. He calls Putin a yeah. thug. He's concerned about apparently the relationship as well. Um, and I you know I think that that's okay. You know I mean I I feel like and this comes back to the to the stuff with Milo and it comes back to every one of these controversies. I know I'm not going to get my way on this, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it and complain to you every day and hope for the standard. Which is can we just say sometimes things happen and they're not that big a deal? You know, sometimes things happen and people do things and, you know, they might be mistakes or 
you know, maybe, you know, the, with the Milo thing, I mean, that's a big mistake. Uh, and, and I think, I don't think it was a mistake to him. I think it's what he really believes. Mm-hmm. But do I have to care about every one of these things? Do I have to, do I have to fly off the handle and make it ruin my life that I have to sit here and tweet 900,000 times about every one of these things? When Katie Turm does this and she makes a mistake, but she takes the time to actually do the research and rectify it, shouldn't we come back the next day and say, hey, thank you for doing that for once? We just did. You know, and we did. I I know that we are doing something I think that nobody Mm -hmm. else is doing, or at least not that many people are doing. Um, But I want to hold that standard up. Yeah, I do too. That's what I want to happen. And I know I might not get my way with social media and everything else, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. You know who hates? Who hates people? Who hates America? Nestle. What? I mean, first of all, I don't care because I want to eat their food. But second of all, why? They hate. They don't want to pay taxes in California. They don't want to pay their burdensome taxes. Can you believe these anti-American scumbags, these traitors? No, I, to, they seem to they, America. When you say traitors and <laughs> scumbags, you mean rational human beings? Yes. Okay. That is exactly what <laughs> I mean. Okay. That's a weird way to state uh, it. They, they're leaving California right now. They've announced uh, moving business operations from California to Virginia because of the Golden State's burdensome tax rate, skyrocketing cost of living. Boy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And culture of anti-corporate activism. Good for them. Good for you, Nestle. I think that's awesome. And you talk about high tax rate and cost of living. Jeez, California is ridiculous. Uh, if you ever watch a realtor show or real estate show based in California, like you that mean, one where the realtors, is that realtors, what you okay, yes, realtors, the national only realtors can be. Uh, members of the National Association of Realtors. Which is shocking when you think about it. Because I thought they'd let in, like, no. you know. People, mechanics? Auto mechanics? Yeah. No. Weave, people who weave. Postal employees? Actually, we uh, should no. sue Basket them. weavers? Huh. Yeah. Actually, we should sue them for not letting us in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, they, they should let in. Why? Why are you so exclusive to our kind? But do you ever watch HGTV? Do you ever? Uh, I mean, pretty rarely. There's a couple I, in, I'm not in, in California. Lo- She's really pretty. This is what's the one that, that's a Magnolia? Uh, yeah, that's the um, the Gaines Waco. Fixer that's Fixer Upper. Yeah. There. So those are they're great because of that show. Uh, and you know, there was some controversy around it. And actually, I went to this Magnolia place in Waco um, fairly recently, which was oh, oh you did yes. you went? Oh. Was it great? The food was so good. They had so much food there. You're kidding. Yeah. They have a whole they have a whole like courtyard with just food trucks all around it. Yeah. Uh, and you can just go and like buy stuff and well, you know, hey, your wife's just looking at furniture or whatever and you're over at the food truck place. You, I, I mean, she, and my then, wife is planning a trip. I mean, now go. Oh, you got to go. And then the bakery they have there is seriously the thing I the things <laughs> plural very plural as you can see. The things I purchased there were some of the best bakery items I've ever had. I mean, the, really? they were awesome. And then, you know, like it's one of, they had a grilled cheese food truck. They had some uh, tons of them. They had like 10 of them. Wow. Um, cool. And they, it, so worthwhile. Um, you know, it's not a full day thing, I would say. It's and by a, the way, another break worth. that you're going to diagram later, and you're going to find a lot. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of uh, side roads. But these are good side roads yes. because I, I'm getting to the flipper flop people. It's okay. the really pretty blonde yeah, and, the, yeah, the, and the guy. The flip and, and by the way, they're breaking up now, which is oh, weird. No. Yeah, they're splitting apparently. We, getting we've, well, we've lost. It's the same thing over and over again. It is? What do you Every, mean? That, On that show? Yes. Yeah, so well, because yes. the only reason so I knew that show is because you always compare that as a bad version, right, that's a bad of, version yeah. of the good fixer yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Flipper flop is the one that they do, and they do it in Southern California. And so... 
these two go find fixer-upper places uh, that they can fix up and sell for more money. So they'll try to buy it low and sell it high and try to keep the remodeling costs down in the meantime. But they'll find these places that are dumps. Yeah, well, I mean, well he does in particular. Absolute He does in particular dumps. because he goes out on his own without her, and she gets mad. Yeah. Because he picked a place that we didn't even look at. But the point is, California's <laughs> cost of living is, is outrageous. so ridiculous. Outrageous. That you'll see a place that's 1,100 square feet, one bedroom. Beat to crap. I mean, it is a dump. There's rats. There's garbage. There's crap. The yard looks like garbage. It's turned to weed or or dirt. And it's like $290,000. Mm. $350,000. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, like a decent place w- with two bedrooms will be a, a million dollars. Oh, million, million easy. I mean, the, the prices in California are are ridiculous. Uh, so all businesses should probably move out of that state. Yeah, there was a time, and I, I, I don't know if this is true anymore, um, but that the average, you know how they do that? They have that calculation of you should spend 2.5 times your salary or whatever. I don't remember what yeah. the statistic was, but it's whatever on your home. Like Forever a, it's always a, been, I thought, two and a half. Two and a half? Is that, okay. So it's, I, and I don't remember the exact details of this, but it was several years ago, and we were talking about this exact topic of like how real estate had gone through the roof and in and, and some of these cities. And at that time, the if you were a player on the San Francisco Giants at playing at minimum salary, you could not technically afford the average house in the area. Well, the average house, not even a good house, the average house I, in the area, I you would not it. typically qualify. If you were a major it. league baseball player, mm-hmm. Now, minimum salary, if you don't know, for Major League Baseball is, what? It's, it's, you know, right now, it's probably four or $500,000 a year. Close yeah. Yeah, I mean, back then, it was probably in the threes. Um, but, I mean, again, if, if, you're, if the average house is $900,000, and I don't remember what area it was or if it was just one Still, though. San Jose or whatever it was. It might have been Silicon Valley. Whatever it was at the time, that, that actually played out. And, like, that's incredible. That's insane. That's insanity. It and it's also, it also shows how insane things like a minimum wage are. It's like, mm. if there's a place right. where a major league a baseball player can't afford a, uh, a, um, uh, a house in their local area, how the hell can you assign a minimum wage for Idaho and New York City and San Francisco all at the same time? It's so stupid. Right. Even if you believe in, in minimum wage, it should be localized. And this is why businesses are exiting California at an amazing rate from 2008 to 2015 at least 1,687 California companies moved out of state. That's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Toyota shifted its U.S. headquarters and thousands of jobs from Torrance, California to Dallas, Texas. Can you imagine if you're a family in, in Torrance in Southern California and you're paying uh, $800,000 for 1,000 square feet and you move to Dallas, Texas, where $800,000 will get you 4,000 square feet. Oh, probably more. Yeah. I mean, it's got to change your life. Well, it's got to change your life. We, when we moved down here, and it wasn't nearly as dramatic as this, but when we moved down here from, uh, I mean, yours was Connecticut, so it might have been well, as dramatic. Pretty, yeah, I was in was Pennsylvania where it was a little bit cheaper probably, um, and Jeffy was, 
I mean, somewhere about 600 miles away from where we worked, and in a in a in, a, uh, in some sort of it was dilapidated. A yeah, it was a shanty. shanty is a good word for mm-hmm. it. Although it's you know, shanties <laughs> would be pissed at that description. Yeah, they. Would. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> point the point is, the shanty I have in Dallas is that much better. <laughs> you gotta. But this is the point. Jeffy lives in a freaking great house in Texas. <laughs> I mean, and Jeffy, we pay him like eight dollars a year, and somehow he lives in this beautiful house. And it's a situation where when we came down here looking at real estate, it was as if somebody had the price gone out and screwed up and put the wrong prices on all the houses. Because when you're up in, 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 in the Northeast and you come down to Texas, you're like, how, how on earth is this that price? Now, the prices since then have gone up a lot. Yes, they have. Increased. Here in Dallas. But, but they're still I will for say, the Northeast. I think the prices here are where they should be elsewhere. It's... Yeah. This is more reality than California is. Oh, totally, I mean, totally. that housing bubble is going to burst and, and burst in a big way. You got to believe. So, And that's a real shame for California, by the way. It is. That's a real shame. It actually shame. is. I do like California. I, it could be a really great place to live. If you could change the mindset and the cost of living and the taxes and the smog. And, no, the earthquakes. Uh, the earthquakes. Uh, be great. Be great. Flood, the flooding. <laughs> if you could change that. There's a report from the Environmental Working Group that has warned us that about 218 million of us are exposed to potentially dangerous tap water. You don't mm. want that. Yeah. You just don't want that. Uh, exhibit A, Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Eesh. That's still going on, too, isn't it? I mean, that's still yes. a nightmare. I still mean, dealing with it. Government can even screw up water. Uh, that's kind of amazing. Um, and, you know, you need something. It's funny because if they had this product, and if, if you're in Flint, Michigan, you could actually, I would think, you pour the tap water in Just here. Pour it out of there and drink it. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually asked the guys at Alexa here whether uh, that, you know, Flint is the right example for that. I can almost guarantee you it is. Yeah, but, I, you know, this is what they do. They take out 99.9% of 92 contaminants found in, in uh, tap water. And Plus, we're talking about lead, which was one of the big culprits there. It also just takes out the skeeve factor for me. I, I'm just skeeved out by tap water now. I don't know. I'm just so spoiled by the more pure water, or at least the perception of the more pure water and bottled water and whatever. But that's really expensive. You buy this, you put the tap water in here, it filters out all the crap, you're left with delicious, pure water, and, and at the, a fraction of the cost you'll pay for bottled. And by the way, with this, with the filtering going on with the Alexa Pure, you're actually hitting a much higher standard than bottled water. This is not like... Oh, not, by far, yeah. You don't even have to compare it to tap water. Compare yeah. it to bottled water. It's actually a lot better than bottled water. Yes. Uh, so if you have this, the Pat Gray uh, skeeve factor, mm-hmm. which maybe we should copyright... <laughs> Uh, you really need the Alexa Pure. Go to getalexapure.com or call 888-895-7746. This is easy. It's easy. It's going to fit in your refrigerator, and you can have fresh water all the time. Looks good, too. It does. Yeah, cool. It's a nice-looking unit. Getalexapure.com or call 888-895-7746. Do it now. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Hi, it's Pat Stu. Uh, oh no! Really, they really put James K. Polk Tuesday here. They want us to do a new James K. Polk Tuesday. <laughs> Just because James K. Polk James was. James K. Polk oh, Tuesday. Go. This has got to be Keith Malinax. That doing. absolutely is one hundred percent Keith Malinax doing. This is not going to happen every week, so. Don't even start. Do the jingle again. I, mean, I just can't just do it once. It's got to happen multiple times throughout the entire segment. James K. Polk Tuesday is a. It's a it's a legend on the show. 
Is it possible to play the jingle again? There you go. Apparently it is. It's just wow, hard. that does take uh, take you down memory lane, though. Doesn't it? It does. Yes, I miss it, it does. I miss James K. Polk Tuesday. Although I don't want to bring the segment back. I just like the jingle. <laughs> uh, but James K. Polk Tuesday. See? Get you. this. When he was 17 James years old. James K. Polk Tuesday. Okay. All right. No. When he was 17 years old, uh, he had urinary stones. <laughs> we did this. Okay, now press it again. I... Uh, there you go. I've heard of kidney stones. I don't know what urinary stones are. Jeffy? Well, when it comes to the urinary tract, I always go to Jeffy, who uh, is, they call him Mr. UTI. In, in fact, in, uh, if I remember the James K. Polk urinary stone story, James K. Polk Tuesday. Uh, it was quite an ordeal. Uh, really? They cut him up pretty bad to yeah, get they, well, uh, he, those stones out. Here's fact, the thing. It, it he had no painkiller. None except whiskey. Yeah, it ruined his uh, his uh, manhood for uh, quite some time. Did it really? <laughs> okay. So uh, it was so, the first. So uh, is that where we're going to end the fact with he ruined his manhood for, for a quite long some time? time? James K. Polk Tuesday. And James K. Polk <laughs> ruined his manhood for a long time. James K. Polk Tuesday. So he could, he was the first president of his inauguration reported by Telegraph uh, as well. I don't have anything to do with the urinary stones, but that's another fact for And that, that is, is James K. Polk Tuesday. There you James go. K. Polk Tuesday. And that will never happen again. <laughs> and if Keith Malinak comes to you uh, in the control room and says, we need to play this over and over again, no. Know that he's, he did not get approval for this request. Yeah. So there you go. All right. All right, uh, Bill Gates uh, is back in the news. If robots are going to take over human jobs, that means fewer people will be able to work. This kind of goes back to the Elon Musk thing we talked about yesterday. It means fewer people will be paying taxes. That's a problem. Government needs its cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Bill Gates has an idea for solving the deficit. Have the robots that take human jobs pay their share in taxes. Bill Gates may have gone insane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sad to, to report. Uh, well, let's listen anyway. Right now, the human worker who does, say, $50,000 worth of work uh, in a factory, the income is tax, and you get income tax, Social Security tax, all of those things, says Gates in an interview with Quartz Senior Editor-in-Chief Kevin Delaney. If a robot comes and does the same thing, you'd think that we'd tax the robot at a similar level. Will we just not pay the robot? Yeah, see, that's the thing. You don't pay robots. That's why they're less expensive. Yeah, you kind of don't. So hmm. uh, weird. Uh, that's just strange. bizarre. I mean, I, there are a lot of these weird ethical questions and, and, and major societal changes that could be coming with this sort of revolution we're in the middle of, um, where, you know, Elon Musk talked about it as, like, it's going to take a bunch of jobs, and then a lot of people aren't going to have jobs. You're going to have to give them universal income. And he even mm-hmm. said, I'm not necessarily rooting this on, but, uh, you know, it's going to have to happen, And then, which, again, I, I, would, I would still oppose it. Uh, but then, as you go forward, how do people assign value to their lives? How do people get meaning out of their lives? Um, right. A lot of people say, you know, you, again, we walk, you walk into someone and the first time you meet them, so what do you do? I mean, it's one of the first questions you ask a person because it's mm-hmm. so foundational to who they are. And what if the answer is nothing? Jeffy, how did that happen when people asked you that? And the answer was just big, fat, zilch. Just say nothing. Don't worry about it. This <laughs> <laughs> is what it's like to be at a party with you. You have to have shame in order to be shamed. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh. He has none. So hmm. uh, he's not a good example. <laughs> More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. What do you have for Jeffy time, Jeffy? 
I can't wait to hear it. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. All right, throwaway segment on the show. Jeffy, what do you got? It's just a throwaway segment? Is that all it is to you, Stu? That hurts. So far. It hurts. Over over 100 headstones (laughs) at a Jewish cemetery at the University of City in Missouri was vandalized and knocked over. Now... That in itself is a, is a story, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a horrible story. But police believe the act was organized and that the crime was carried out by a group of people. And at this time, this was last night, at this time, police cannot determine if this was a hate crime or not. You know what? I'm guessing it was. Really? I'm hey, guessing you're gonna it was. Go on that limb, I'm guessing huh? it wasn't a crime of love that we tipped over hundreds of Jewish headstones. Well, it could have been a... A crime of amazing dispassionateness. It's just like, I don't care. You know? It's like, whatever. I'm just going to knock some of these over. Now, there have been dozens. Right. One of the things I found Maybe fascinating. They didn't hate. One of the things I found fascinating about the story, though, they talked about uh, all the uh, dozens of bomb threats made earlier mm-hmm. uh, around the country at Jewish community centers. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. I mean, they were evacuated. And there have been 69 threats. Since January 9th of this year, you don't say. I mean, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. That, I mean, that, that, there's got to, there's something to that. And again, I go back to I'm guessing it's a hate crime. I think I think the you don't think it's ahead. dispassionateness. I don't. No, it's amazing. Uh, it's such a dumb standard, right? I mean, I, the hate yeah, crime thing is so stupid. It can only be a hate crime if it's directed toward. You know, Muslims or um, another minor, minority, blacks or Hispanics. Yeah, someone was telling me about a Law and Order episode they saw recently, where uh, they were saying that the, the case was a gay. Of course, these are all ripped from the headlines, or ripped off, ripped from, the off headlines. from the headlines. Um, and so they, <laughs> so I, I assume there's a story behind this, but it was a gay prostitute who murdered two gay clients, and they were trying to get a hate crime against the gay prostitute because the gay prostitute was pissed off that these other two guys could go through their life being gay and, and okay. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. That's what happened. And they, it, was, it wound up being a hate crime. So Jeez. a gay guy could commit a hate crime against another gay guy. Who knew? Oh, wow. At least according to Dick Wolf. In the, the criminal uh, justice pro- system. <laughs> produced by Dick Wolf at the end of every episode. Okay. <laughs> and these are their stories. Tom Brady, $500,000 to Dolan Jersey. Or at least what that claim, that's what it could be worth. Mm-hmm. And more if he had, I saw one guy talk about how he, uh, if he had the helmet, the jersey, the pants, the socks and the shoes, the entire uniform, uh, almost a million uh, mm-hmm. from okay. the Super Bowl victory. Chump change uh, we still for haven't, Tom, I know, mm-hmm. I really chump change, but very disappointing. We still haven't found his jersey yet. So if you know where Tom's jersey is. Mm. It's interesting because it it's one of those things that is of extreme value. However, is only of extreme value if you can sell it, and you can't sell it if everyone's if the Texas Rangers are out looking for you. Right. Um, I, but I, I guess I guess this is how like artwork gets you know shady art. There's some black market that this will be sold eventually probably. Yeah, I would guess that that'd be true. But I'm you know I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't uh, uh, the laundry guy, and it still could be right. 
he said he put it in his bag, but really he could have tossed it in his bag. And the laundry guy comes by and says, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna clean it and pick up all the stuff in the locker room." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's got it. It does look un. It does. He was still sitting at his locker, half yeah. in uniform, discussing it with being missing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it I, seems kind of strange. It doesn't seem like it was a laundry guy. And I'd also like to uh, point out that today, yes. February 21st, yes. is National Sticky Bun Day. So I'd like to have uh, our producers bring out. Come on, the, Marissa. The sticky buns. Sticky and, buns. And uh, sticky buns. Bring them out. Let's bring it out. Show the audience their bring sticky right buns. Is that a cinnamon bun? What is what is this? What's sticky a, bun day. This is essentially. Well, you're going to see them yeah. in a moment. Okay, Luca, awesome. Here they come. Here they come. Where are they?